bop it. Twist it. Twist it. Pull it. Spin it. Pull it. Pass it. Getting dirty. Greetings and salutations, <laughs> and welcome once again to the Capos Crusaders live at the time in the digital safe house. This is not Dr. Barry. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. Dr. Barry is not with us this week. He is busy protecting the green because he is the swamp thing of our show. You all know that. But I am joined by two members of the Capos Crusaders. And we are first going to introduce the one that is just about 15 minutes from Dr. Barry. And she is the lovely, the genius. Oh, I'm a genius now. This is good. Come on. Um, this is Amy. You can find me at IJNURobot on the varying social media platforms. I'm going to pass it all the way up to his Fortress of Solitude, more towards the eastern section of our state, because that's the direction I have to drive if I want to get to him. It's the... This is uh, Super Manderson. I've already finished my glass of scotch. Oh, defective glass. Oh. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, I'm excited to be... That's, this is the first time I podcast with Amy in a long time, so I'm super pumped. Nice. Yeah, United. and I'm going to be yelling, so I'll, I'll remember to lean back. This, I've been so yelling yeah. this whole time, so I don't know where we're already <laughs> starting. You're yelling? Already? <laughs> this that is how I yelling. yell. Remember, spot. That ex- oh, <laughs> true. Anyway, what are we what are we doing here? Well, remember that we are your number one, allegedly. No, we are number one. Podcast for anything comic book related. That's so, for sure true. So know. Yes. Of course, today on episode 157 of the Chaos Crusaders, we will be talking about a film that has been divisive, that people have either really enjoyed or not really enjoyed. We're talking Mulan. about Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Back to the Future 2, take oh. that out of your mouth, sir. <laughs> Back to the Future 3, really? In the in the trios? That's the one you're going to go with to fight over? We go with two to fight first, then uh, we go to three. I'm sorry. And we can start I that miss, fight someday because I my favorite that. is I Back the to the Future meeting. 2. Back to the Future 2 is my favorite. Oh, Just you're so in it for the rack. No. But today, no. we're not going to be talking about rack. <laughs> We're we're going back to the past uh, to hit up Wonder Woman's 1984. Not only for that, that's just part of it. Anyway, yes, Wonder Woman 1984 is what we'll be discussing today. Uh, but of course, we uh, we have other things to talk about. Things we're reading, comic book news is happening, and uh, so much more. Yes, Amy. Do you know Do you know who we need to thank though? Who's that? <gasps> The Nerdron Nation, powered by Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, maybe that worked. Uh, <laughs> For as little to one to five dollars a month, you can get access to a varying assortment, accoutrements of early access to episodes like this, Patreon bonus episodes, and uh, so much more. I don't remember the rest of the, of his spiel, That's but okay. I... That's okay, I got you. Bonus episodes and so much more. You can check it out at nerdon.io slash Patreon. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well but done. seriously, well Nerdon Nation, we totally appreciate you. That Discord is on and a poppin'. Love it's so much fun. being a part of the Nerdon Nation. A proud family member of the Nerdon Podcast family is what we are. And of course... 
For anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and NerdOn, you can also head on over to thecapelesscrusaders.com, your hub for all things Crusaders. From there, you can find all our content as well as the rest of the NerdOn podcast family. Heck to the yes. See, it did take both Amy and I to do what the doctor does on his own. So respect to him and what he can... I don't have notes. I just listen to him so much that it's like... (laughs) You did good for not... I'm still looking at my notes when I do that. You got... You nailed it. Well done. There's a lot of infliction because it's always like a little bit of a song. And it's so happy. Totally made up for that hate on Back to the Future too. Mm. I only have a couple of gripes with that, but so many more for this movie. But before we get to that movie... I'm already afraid. Oh, no, you're not. Mommy and Daddy are fighting at the dinner table. (laughs) I can't go. I will never fight Amy. Did you get more alcohol? No, I just put water in the glass. (laughs) Nice. Also, I would never fight Amy because she would kick my ass. But like she said, first, we got to take care of going around the horn. You know, you ain't got enough flags in your truck. Put more flags on that thing. We're driving up the freeway. Go on. Go on up there. Go on. No. Don't want to. Fine. Be an American. <laughs> Sorry, I won't go there. <laughs> Very topical. Um, with Around the Horn, we used to uh, sit at a circular table, which we no longer do. Totally messed it, it up. I know it I'm got wrong. Des- yeah. It got destroyed in a fight against some supervillains, so we yeah, went so to buy no another long- one. Exactly. But they shipped us a rectangle table. That's what it is. We and all have then, a, a different sizes. And then Doc put, you know, as Steve's tried to put Doc through the table, Correct. he was practicing, making sure he was up for yeah. his title match. Yes. Yeah. And we he, gave up We gave up for the square and the round tables at this junction. Yes. So yeah. now we are at our digital tables, which may be rectangular, may be circular, may be just sitting on the ground. Who knows? You don't know. Square, a square table. It could be an L7. Um, so, <laughs> so we are going to discuss what we've been reading in the comic book world. So I will go over as the white Portuguese here. I will go over to the son of Mander. Oh, okay. And ask him the Super Manderson. The Super, Super Manderson. Anderson. What he's been reading, Super Manderson. So I just uh, finished reading the eighth trade of Tom King's run on Batman. Mm. This, is my, this is my second time through it. The man, this, Tom King. This one is uh, entitled Cold Days. And the first half of it is uh, basically Bruce Wayne has been called to jury duty. And he's <laughs> on the jury for Sorry. Mr. Freeze. Just random things okay. you'd never expect to no, hear in a Batman No, I like trade. this. Keep going. Keep <laughs> going. Mr. Freeze, he's, jury he's, duty. He's on, yeah, he's on the jury for Mr. Freeze, who he recently captured as Batman. <laughs> And There's everybody's no, like, no conflict, no conflict every, at all. Every everybody in the jury is like, Batman caught him, so he's obviously guilty. And Bruce is like, No, nah, I think he's innocent. Ooh, wild card. And and so I'm not going to say anymore. It's that is it's a three issue, like the first first half of this trade is that. And it's uh, when I started, I'm like, Oh, I remember this being one of my favorite little tidbits in this thing because it's just like it's kind of like, Oh, we did all this epic stuff. We got to the wedding. Pause. We're going to do this real quick. And then we're going to get back into the action. Uh, so it's really nice. good. If you haven't read, um, I think it's issues 51, 52, and 53 of Tom King's run. By the trade, it's worth it. The second half is basically like Nightweed comes to town and he's trying to, to joke around and lift Bruce's spirits. Um, they, fight, they fight Condiment King. 
they fight um yes uh who condiment king yes i the, don't care which, it's just condiment king which if you didn't, if you didn't my listen to the last episode condiment king is my favorite superman villain mayonnaise to the face <laughs> yeah uh, mustard, the mustard gun. Mm-hmm. Mustard they gun. Fight, they fight a bunch of like B and C level villains. And Not then, the relish. I then, relish uh, this your defeat. And then Calm somebody, down. somebody shoots Nightwing in the head. Whoa, whoa! With a with a sniper rifle. Okay, this got real. Yeah. So that's I the second up. half of the trade. Um, every time I read a different trade from, it's like, oh, this is one of my favorite stories from this whole run. The whole thing's amazing. It's Tom King, man. So, and I get to a point like, oh yeah, I don't remember liking this one. I read it like, no, this was really one of my favorites. And it's just all like, it's all good. So if you haven't read Tom King's run of Batman, just go to Empire's Comics Vault, located at 11 uh, Fulton Avenue, 11, I don't remember that. 1120 Fulton Avenue. Sweet. Sweet. Wow. I go there like every week still. and I just You do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Good. they deserve. I it. recently, this is off topic. I recently took a hot sauce that a coworker of mine makes into Ben to try because Ben loves the hot sauce. Mm. So nice. Go go go! Pick up like the first trade of Batman, Tom King's Batman, and a hot sauce. Get some chips to eat with the hot sauce. Sit down and read, and then just go back and buy the second one because that's pug. what's going to happen. Pet a pug. Oh, Pet a pug. Mm-hmm. That's my daughter's favorite part is the pugs. Of course, that is. Yeah. I'm trying anyway, to imagine Bruce Wayne waiting in the jury room waiting area. Just just being in the jury room waiting areas I've been, picturing Bruce Wayne in one of those makes me just It's yeah, you gotta, to you gotta pick it up and read it. It's so a, is he good read. Does he want justice to take place or is he empathetic to freeze in this? Um Is this a twelve angry men's type of scenario or yes, are we looking at like, are we doing, yeah. like runaway jury? I pulled out two movie references of Steve's I, and you got both of them. They were beautiful. I Super Anderson, come on. <gasps> neither of them? I'm going to hang up now. And <laughs> Henry Fonda and John Cusack? Good. I gave you options. Good talking to Manderson. Good talking to Manderson. Oh, man. uh, I don't, like, don't want to say more because it'll spoil it if you're going to read it. Okay. It's, okay. it's really well told because they go back and forth from, from like him at jury duty and then him chasing down freeze and all that kind of stuff so you kind of see both mm-hmm. sides of it but it's basically like bruce is narrating over when he's fighting freeze and that kind of stuff what he's talking he, to the jury about so he caught good. freeze but he's doing it just to know that someone else bigger is behind it and he won't he knew capturing him and then being in jury duty with the writer brain's taking over i apologize good good yeah could be i'm it not gonna say it was true anyway i'm gonna toss it over to uh amy what have you been reading lately I mean, I could, you know, keep going with my streak of I didn't read anything but Lore Olympus. That's consistent. Mm-hmm. But I actually made myself a deal that I would like to try doing, going back to reading one full graphic novel nice. a week. Um, and this week, because I actually kept up with that. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> I read the newly translated from Dark Horse, The Flower of the Witch Ooh. by Enrico... I think his name is Orlandi. He's Italian. Go figure. This is his first. Uh, thank. I needed a good accent. And I don't have an Italian one. I have a French, but not an Italian. Go figure. Anyway, so um, this is his first graphic novel. He's a freelance illustrator, and it's actually about kind of this coming of age story about being a man. 
Um, which is actually really cool. So it turns out in we follow this boy named Tammy who is traveled far north from his village in the south um, and he was told by this crazy shaman guy that if he finds the witch and he takes the flowers from the witch, he will become a man. Um, you come to find out that Tammy's an orphan and at the age of 10, everybody in his village, if you're a dude, you get thrown out essentially to go on a journey to become a man, but they don't tell you how to become a man. So he's fought monsters, he's saved princesses, he's done the dance, found the shaman, and the shaman's like, go get some flowers from the witch, and then you're a man. Yo, yo. And so he happens upon Peace. this. Literally, it's crazy. He happens upon a village, um, or another village on his way to the witch's flower, where he ends up finding the things that he's missing. But... Um, some there's some revenge plots and some other things that are going on because of choices and decisions Tammy's made. And now he has to choose between being a man and what that means and sacrificing perhaps the new family and community that he's built. So it's really good. I won't spoil it. Always available at Empire's Comics Vault. Um, but coming Sweet out of Dark Horse. Oh. Sweet K. So, comic booky. Like, I don't know what we want from me anymore at this junction. I can't even hear myself when I say it. So, that was really bad, and I could feel it. Um, but yeah, The Flower of the Witch was really nice. great. And of course, as always, Lore Olympus has been on and popping. Um, shout out to the great retelling of Persephone and Hades. Um, it is free on Webtoons. They're up to, like, second season, almost towards the end of it. They have a translation in japanese now like it's that popular nice so holy smoke bombs batman mm. we've got a hit but he does, he does use those mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. and that sweet sweet shark spray mm. so uh yeah. the Azorian one would you <laughs> hey shark spray <laughs> what did you read uh i am continuing with what i read on last week uh amy this might look familiar Backslash. to you no <laughs> It's not Backslash. October. Was it Hackslash? It's not October. It's, it's not Hackslash. October. Or, or September or August. Super Madison, it's Hackslash, isn't it? It's it's Hackslash. It's Hackslash. No, no, it's 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 this one. Yeah. The one you got me, Amy. I did. Batman, Death and the Maidens by Greg Rucka and Klaus. I'm gonna say Janssen, maybe? Since his first name's Klaus. I'm gonna take We can a go to Klaus Janssen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh continuing with the uh Raz Al Ghul is dying. Uh, so far, I am. I've gotten to the point where, as I said last time, uh, Roz wanted Nissa's child back in the twenties. She denied him, and she's been against him ever since. Uh, fast forward to present day, Roz is dying, and the Bat has been destroying uh, any Lazarus pit that he finds, so he can't regenerate. And. Uh, at one point, uh, Batman has gone to Crime Alley once again, dropping flowers, uh, talking to himself, and he sees Ubu there, Ra's al Ghul's trusty, you know, assistant. Um, the big and guy. Ubu, the big guy, who, who's for some reason, the big guy who gets easily his ass kicked by Batman. Right. Happens. <laughs> happens. Happens to us all. And Ubu is there actually not to fight the detective, but to tell him that Ra's al Ghul wants to meet him, and he's already waiting for you in your cave. Of course he is. It's Raz al Ghul. I wouldn't already be in the cave. Uh, And we get to the point where Raz is asking for the bat to stand down from murdering him, as he calls it. 
And if he does so, he will give him a chance to talk to his parents. And not using the Lazarus Pit, but using a, a sort of uh, formula that allows you to speak to the spirits. And he's using the angle that Bruce, deep down, would love to have one more moment with his parents. And Ra's al Ghul is offering that to him. If he does something for him. And that's where it leaves off, where I'm, where I've left off. Uh, I do think that I've, you know, I've spoiled it for myself because I know who Nissa is. Uh, they're trying to conceal that in the story because we meet Talia and I'm like, okay, I know what this is. Got it. Uh, but I'm following it along. It's really well written. I really enjoy it. Um, Ra's al Ghul, as I said last time, my favorite Batman villain. So Amy, spot on. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, it's, I am. It's also- not Condiment King. It's not Condiment King. You know, he's a top five. Top five. Did I choose wrong? (laughs) Did you give me a Condiment King story? (laughs) You know, Ra's al Ghul, Condiment King, it's, you know, it's mm, neck and neck, man. Neck and neck. (laughs) Um, And uh, like Tom said in our last episode, I am also, it's not reading, but it's watching and involves stories. I, too, am partaking in the masterclass of the happy wizard himself. Mr. Neil Gaiman on uh, storytelling. So I have that going on as well. I'm learning how stories are written, how stories are told, how the happy wizard himself, Neil Gaiman, approaches his stories and puts them on the path. I'm like, okay, do you just, you could talk to me about how you open a soda can, Neil, and I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I took the can, and as I walked across the living room, I noticed a rainbow out in the, through the window. Yeah, it happens. So then He's I opened it. Just <sighs> <laughs> it's so it's masterclass is already like phenomenal a phenomenal production. Whoever you're watching, uh, just the added bonus of it being Neil Gaiman telling you how he approaches writing stories is just it's fantastic. So if you're gonna get masterclass, I was lucky enough to be gifted this. So if you ever thought about doing a masterclass, I would recommend Neil Gaiman uh, because it's Neil Gaiman. That's all I need to say. So yeah, Neil Gaiman's Masterclass and Batman and, well, the drink is getting to me. Batman and the Maidens by Greg Rucka and Klaus Janssen. That is our Around the Horn for the week. Hope you all uh, enjoyed the stories that we've talked about. Hopefully you go pick them up, especially Tom King. And who wrote who wrote yours, Amy? Enrico, Enrico Orlandi. Orlandi. There it is. Enrico Orlandi. Enrico Orlandi. The risotto. It looks good. The risotto. <laughs> Because, you know, I saw, we recently watched the Stanley Tucci movie, uh, Big Night. Tucci Gang, Tucci Gang. Yeah, Tucci Gang, Tucci Gang, Tucci Gang. So he's got a thick Italian accent in it with his brother, who is a monk, plays his brother. Tony Shalhoub? Yeah, Tony Shalhoub is his brother in it. Ah, Tony Shalhoub. This is the kind of movie that made people say, oh, Stanley Tucci is actually, we should give this guy more roles. Because he was like, he was only playing like big characters. He was a, a, uh, a Florida gangbanger called Muerte in one comedy detective movie and he was getting like these bit parts and he basically was like, you know what? I'm going to write a role with a role, with a movie with a role that I want to play. And that was big night. And it became like this winner for first time screenwriters and stuff. So it was at that moment. It's like, Oh, Stanley Tucci, this guy is a really good actor. So if you ever get a chance, it's on Amazon prime. Uh, it's Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub, mini driver, Isabella Rosalini. Isn't it? And uh, Ian Holm. Bilbo Baggins, playing an Italian. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you get a chance, check that movie out. It's a comedy drama about two Italian brothers trying to succeed with their restaurant. So that's why the risotto. I mean, a line. dramedy. A dramedy. That's why the risotto comment there, because it's mentioned in the very first five minutes. So risotto. Random segue, right? So much food. Uh, I mean, we eating big tonight, right? <laughs> Not an actual line in the movie, but no, I just, I just happened to say it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help. Myself. I couldn't, <laughs> now can't help myself. <laughs> now that you have that news and information, let's go into actual comic book news. With the news. You know, highway traffic and traffic's backed up for miles and miles. It is. How, so, how's the, the road work over there by you towards towards your uh, always homestead? Road, there's always road work. It, it, but it was, like, aggressive. They were trying to widen last time I, I rolled that, that way. It's getting closer to us now. The mm. Highway 99 has widened a bit. So it's a little bit. Just so, first, on the docket in our news, it involves the comic book industry, something that this show is, uh, is you know, kind of big on, kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. we, da- we dabble in it. It's a little shocking we'd have a news story about the comic book industry. Right? You'd think. Really? It's weird. I'm sorry. I thought I'd throw it in so there. So strange. <laughs> so, you'd think, uh, with 2020 being, you know, in our rearview mirror and how much of a disaster that year was, you would think that the comic book industry was uh, suffering. Turns yeah. out... You think. Wink, uh, wink. Wink, wink. It's like that. Turns out the opposite. Uh, the comics industry avoided an implosion and was actually booming uh, throughout uh, 2020. Uh, while publishers and stores feared COVID-19 would be an extinction-level threat, the industry has proved more resilient than thought. So I did see some... Throughout the year, I did see tweets from... Friend of the show, Mr. Tim Seeley. Uh, see, see, brought it back to Hackslash. See that? I knew it was going. I knew it was going there. I'm okay with it. Keep going. Keep going. Mr. Tim Seeley, friend of the show. <laughs> he was tweeting quite often about how well the comic book industry has been doing, not just this year, but in prior years, how it's been going up. And uh, it's true. Uh, so in March, when COVID-19 hit the comic book industry in earnest, many retailers and publishers feared it would be an apocalyptic event for the business. Stay-at-home orders shuttered stores, and shipments of new products ceased for several months when Diamond Comics distributors hit pause. However, months after the comic book industry restarted, accompanied by a publicity campaign proclaiming that the industry's comeback will be bigger than the setback, there are multiple signs that comics has proven to be far stronger than anyone, including those inside the industry expected in the face of an uncertain year. So... What do you, uh, you know, could do we attribute that to the... TV adaptations and movies that are out that have made people interested in comics or was it the fan base um, just, you know, getting behind the industry they adore and finding ways to keep it going? Either case, comic books were on fire pretty much in 2020 when everyone else was having issues. I wonder, I I bet a lot of people did what I did because I took the opportunity to just buy all the trades that I've been meaning to buy but just didn't have the money for it because I was buying new comic books. Um, and so that helped take the place of new books being published and purchased, but still comics were being purchased in some capacity to, to bolster the stores and make new orders come in in other ways. Mm. There's a part in here that uh, with comic conventions, this is coming, by the way, from The Hollywood Reporter. 
Uh, with comic conventions canceled and people not taking vacations, many fans concentrated on making their collections more complete. And they talked to a retailer named Ryan Higgins, who says, Comic supplies sales skyrocketed right away as the people took this time to clean up their collection. New titles were selling better than we ever expected. Graphic novel sales spiked and back issues jumped dramatically in price and flew out the door just as fast. Sales during the summer and early fall months were just unbelievable. So, I mean, this is, you know, as as I I always call myself the rookie of the comic book readers in this story because you guys in this show because you guys have years ahead of me. It's nice to see that we're like the same you and I. Really? Okay. Well, there's yeah. <laughs> Amy and David outshine us. Yeah, they, yeah, they're right. I, um, they're I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys talk because I have some like, yes, I totally agree with people ha- taking the opportunity to fill out their collections, um, revisit a lot of the older books that were out there, um, get caught up on things because sometimes if you're a collector, you collect for the sake of collecting, and you might not always have the time to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it 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 involves a good chunk of escapism mm-hmm. um, and considering we are we're pretty much trapped. Um, yeah. you, why not go back and take the opportunity to indulge and escape more? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, especially if your collection isn't complete and you've been hankering for something in particular, I mean, you're mm-hmm. probably going to find it. Yeah. It seems like it was something that paired really well with people who were binging <laughs> and streaming movies and shows like crazy. You were also, Finding those comic books you didn't get to or those collections you wanted to finish and getting a hold of them. And, you know, it's it's cool to see the the fan base, the fandom uh, provide a positive aspect during 2020 and get behind the industry that they've loved for all these years and, you know, keep it from not following the lines of movie theaters or restaurants or uh, tourist locations. You know, it, it's it was a nice little positive note from what was an overall clusterfuck of a year that was 2020. I hate that I'm still saying the numbers 2020 in 2021. It angers me, but here's good news. So much rage. So much rage. (laughs) Here's some good news that came out of 2020. Uh, Moving on from there, we have a new member joining the Skybound Entertainment uh, business. uh, Wow. Skybound Entertainment. Uh, words, Words are tough sometimes. I have uh, words. They do things. They do things. They make sentences. Arun Singh, writer, will be joining Skybound Entertainment. Um, Arun will be filling the new role, focusing on their comics and books as director, brand in their editorial department. He'll be directly reporting to Dan Murray, the co-CEO, and Ian Ho, head. Wow, Ian Howe, head of publishing at CEO hey Skybound ho. Games. Hey, hey, how? <laughs> Uh, he was recently at Boom and was dealing with the successes of Once and Future and Something is Killing the Children and We Only Find Them When They're Dead and the Kickstarter campaign with Keanu Reeves. Uh, He's been at Boom for about four years. So his titles, um, Boom breaks up into a couple different sections. They would have Boom Box, which is aimed at some of the older kids. Boom proper is now focused more on expanding um, – expanding stories much akin to image but they like they have more unique voices and more inclusive voices um not saying image doesn't Mm. but it's it's finding a home for people that have smaller stories to give and want to explore um so he did a really great job at that um and then i think they also did die he was um 
He was behind Die, 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 which is Kirkman's. Yes, yes. So, just saying, mm-hmm. you know, some yeah, stuffs. Some stuffs. Some I guess, stuffs, uh, sorry. I'm trying not to flex aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Michael Bendis, I guess, named a Legion of Superheroes character in his honor. So that's how Yay! much you respect the rune on that one. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the new addition. Yeah, they're in surprise drops for Die, Die, Die. Here's Negan and Solid Blood. I didn't like Here's Negan, but Die, Die, Die has done great because nobody expected it. It was the Spanish Inquisition of comics. What's wrong with Negan? Nothing. I don't have a problem with Negan. <laughs> I'm just saying in in particular for that book, it wasn't my favorite. It's got a, you know, it's a bat and barbed wire. It's fine. 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 Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Is it bigger than you thought it'd be? Turns out he also was involved with was involved with two different WWE stories at Boom. Yep. Okay. He just his stock went up in my book. Well, he started. I know he started working on him. He because he'd originally been working on writing those, and I think Doc might have a couple of copies. Mm. Just saying. Nice. But congratulations on joining the Skybound Entertainment family. We know you'll do great things. We cannot see. We cannot see. We can't see we it can't now, see. but we cannot wait to see what you're that's, bringing in the future for right. us. Congrats to you, Arun Singh. Uh, side note that is just off the WWE tip. Did you guys know that Freddie Prince Jr. was a WWE writer? What? No, mm. that shocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's shocking. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar's husband. Yeah. He was a writer for WWE for about two years. I want to say it was 2009 to 2011. He was a writer there, writing the storylines. I'm intrigued. Those the dark years, or did he do okay? They were, you know, they were fine years. They, they were, were meh years. Meh years. He did all right. He, I knew it was the same time that he was at, because there was a time where Raw was having a special celebrity guest host of Raw. Like, at one time, they had Jeremy Piven and um, uh, Ken Yong together. Gold. Yeah. Ari Gold. And Ken Yong together because they were promoting that um, car sales movie that came out. I totally forgot the name of it. It's okay. We do- I didn't pay attention so to it. So they were there hosting. And one night, Freddie Prince Jr. was the host. Same time he was writing. And they had an angle where Randy Orton just obliterated him. And then Freddie Aww. Prince was involved in the main event to screw over Randy Orton to lose the match. <laughs> We go. So, yeah. I, I can see that. Freddie Prince Jr. There you go. He was a he was a writer at WWE. Random of, fact. Speaking of princes in the news. What? See how that worked? You see how that worked? I mean, I I, I just wonder. I wonder. <laughs> Do you wonder wonder who? Badoo who? <laughs> I don't wonder what's in a wonder ball. Love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let you finish that. But speaking of princes and box office numbers. Okay. Uh, Yes. Oh, maybe. The Amazonian goddess herself tops the global box office once again this week. Wonder Woman 1984 grabs another 5.5 million domestically with a global total top box office of 118 million in the middle of a pandemic. Holler, holler, shot caller. That's huge for the middle of a pandemic. Uh, Wonder Woman raked that in uh, for a movie that is being available both on HBO Max until the 24th of January and in theaters. Um, I like how they said the very first line, used it. Wonder Woman 84 used its lasso of truth to rope in a modest 5.5 million over the <laughs> uh, news writers. It, it works. I mean, they're they're keeping it active considering her budget was 
200 mil. Right. She got to make some money back. Yeah. Uh, it, I know it. I mean, I, it blew up on Christmas Day when it released on HBO Max. I had the numbers. Apparently people, well, and people apparently were streaming it so much there were problems and. Which, yeah, which yeah. was like, it was like the Disney Plus debacle that first week when everyone was trying to watch and everything was freezing up. Um, so those numbers don't take into account people like me who subscribe to HBO Max specifically for that movie and the revenue that. No, Correct. Yeah, the yeah, yeah the hundred and eighteen point two million dollars as of January third was specifically box office. Just box office. So yeah, and HBO Just Max not taking it. And so if you're in California, they're all shut down, so you couldn't even make it. No, you couldn't. I mean, it's it's you taking your HBO Max and your big your screen and your projector going in the backyard. There's that. There's that. And then you can charge for you know popcorn and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My whole neighborhood's over there. Hold on, it'll be five more minutes for your popcorn because I have one microwave. Exactly. That is exactly how we do this. Yeah, it was five point five million over the New Year's holiday in domestic, and another ten point one million from overseas markets. So, still, uh, and yeah. and it clinched him. It clinched him Wonder Woman three. So it did clinch Wonder Woman three, yeah. bringing back same director and uh, director Patty Jenkins and actress Gal Gadot returning for the third movie yet to be announced when that will be in production so yeah uh hey someone's topping the box office during you know during covid times so there's that uh yeah we'll have to keep an eye on what the hbo max numbers are but they're probably gonna say like it was huge because it probably was i mean i have hbo max i watched it christmas night i'm just saying i watched it anyway speaking of that since that was our last topic of the news it segues beautifully into the main topic of today's show, a divisive topic, it seems, if you do an internet search or if you were to see Amy's face right now. Uh, <laughs> mm. So, <laughs> Wonder so Woman divisive. 84 premiered Christmas Day um, on HBO Max and in theaters. It has received quite a heavy dose of mixed reviews. Uh, from fans yeah. and from critics, uh, it seems like only a few out there are in the middle, and a lot are either really enjoyed it or really, really didn't like it, or had a lot of things to pick apart about it. Um, she's looking at me. She's giving me looks. Right now. I'm in the second group. It was. There We're, are so many. We have so much to 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 take down. So I'll do a quick synopsis for those who have not seen. I mean, eighty four. It's also considering that the official synopsis is literally one sentence. Please, I want your synopsis. Give me your synopsis. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give more than the sentence. If you haven't watched the movie, spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. Pause this now. Yes. Go watch it and then mm-hmm. pick up right where you left off. He said pause, not that stop. Very- pause it. Come back pause to it. us. Don't yeah, stop come listening back. to our show. Yeah. Because um, you're so- either going to like be like, yeah, you guys are right or you're right or, you know, or I like, might be in know, the middle of those this Those two guys are idiots. Amy's right. Whichever yeah. one you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, we're, we're open to all of you. Well, so I mean, it's, it's usually you two guys are idiots and Amy's right. So It's true. It's fact. This show's proven that. Um, we're going to give you five seconds of silence for you to put pause in your podcast, Randy. It's good. All right. They're gone. The kids are gone. So we're really going to talk about secret. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so 
Wonder Woman 84, it of course takes place, let's see what, we're looking at 60 plus years after the events of the first film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Diana is now the head of an art museum in DC. No, not an art museum. She's already shaking her head at me. She's already shaking her head at me. She's the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. Excuse me, Smithsonian. So, Steve, in case you didn't know, the Smithsonian is this really big museum that's in Washington, D.C. It's a collection of museums, to be precise. Do the Smiths own it? Do the Smiths own it? Sure. Yeah. We'll Uh, go with that. The Smiths and the Smiths. The Smiths and the Sonians. They came together and made a museum. And they made they made a big overarching organization that separated into multiple smaller museums, depending mm-hmm. and varying upon which type of, mm-hmm. you know, interest you had, whether it be natural history, mm-hmm. as in gemology, archaeology, natural history. There's like, uh, air like and space. Dr. Mm-hmm. Minerva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they called it Samsonite. Way off. <laughs> Keep going. She works at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. It's been she, about almost seven decades since the first the first movie. And she is still uh, battling with the loss of Steve Trevor, uh, played by, wow, eyes went cross-eyed, uh, played by the other Chris, Chris Pine. Um, and she comes across this uh, this uh, employee there named Barbara, played by Miss Kristen Wiig. Wait, the other Chris? The other, other, other Chris? There's... Kirsten anyway. Wiig. Sorry, Kirsten go back. <laughs> <laughs> and they form a friendship, they discuss, and we come across this artifact that was discovered after Diana thwarted a robbery in a mall in the very opening scene of the film. And it turns out this artifact, we find out, can grant you a wish, but in doing so, can cause an impact on your life in doing it. And Diana ends up casting a wish that we don't actually hear her cast it. It's simply a feeling she has while holding the artifact. And just the, wow. No, no, you're 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 right. Oh no, I know. I'm, I'm just. She doesn't say anything. <laughs> Everybody else has to say their wish out loud. Yes. Yet a woman who goes, I know what I'd wish for. <laughs> think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. I have to keep my hand away from my face so the microphone picks me up. But seriously, keep going. I'm going to keep it secret because no one knows yet who feels what about this movie. I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> it's not like I guessed it on another podcast where we had this and I actually had to rate it. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the philosophers. Um, so uh, wishes are then granted. Um, the artifact gets in the hands of Mr. Maxwell Lord, played by Pedro Pascal. I like saying his name, uh, from The Mandalorian and Game of Thrones fame. Uh, and another comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. That was a Netflix movie with Ben Affleck. What was the other one he did? Say it, Amy. The Kingsman. The Kingsman. He was in the sequel, yes. He was in the sequel. He was Whiskey. Yes. And on our last episode, I said I would like him to be Gomez Adams, opposite Christina Ricci. It wouldn't be bad. Yeah. I could do that. Or or his bromance partner for life, uh, Oscar Isaacs. See, that was that was my uh, that was my poll last episode. It was those two. That was, was between those two. Yeah. Good job, Amy. Nice. <laughs> um Maxwell Lord, this uh who's come up with this scheme of getting oil into the hands of US citizens that turned out to be a horrible business that isn't working out. He gets his hands in the artifact and he starts to use this artifact to not only uh, resolve his issues, but also just become the artifact itself and all the power that comes with it. 
And from there on, uh, we find out that Diana's wish was to bring Steve back. And in doing so, it has caused an issue with Diana with her abilities. And we also find out that Miss Barbara, what's her last name? I apologize. Cheetah's last Minerva. name. Minerva. Thank Dr. you. You said it a while Barbara ago. Minerva. Samsonite. A Barbara Minerva. Um, <laughs> she had made the wish to be just like Diana, not knowing that that would give her the powers that Diana has. So I don't want to say more because it gives away the story of the movie itself. And that's uh, what we're we'll, kind of here to do. We'll, we we'll go more. Alerts, we'll so, go yeah. more into the story now as we. Discuss. Pick apart and discuss what we liked, Amy, what we didn't like, Amy. <laughs> Amy, and what uh, we would have liked to have seen instead. So I Amy. open the floor. <laughs> I'd like, and in your opening of the floor, let me start off with something neutral. So mm-hmm. how, what was your guys' expectation going in to Wonder Woman 84? I know for me, I saw, um, and I've said it multiple times on the podcast in previous episodes, but 2018, I was in a Hall H when they came in and they had been shooting for three or four weeks and they had this tiny little snippet to show and it was Gal, Chris, and Patty and we were super excited mm-hmm. and it was part of the opening sequence for them all. I remember you. And it was because it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was wonderfully light. It was encouraging. It was hopeful. It was fun. Like it felt great. Yeah. And then the trailers came out and I started going, I'm sorry, what? Okay, and so my expectation levels and my optimism levels were that, okay, nobody touch it. I'm going to walk in very quietly, sit down, and try to lean very gently against the back of the seat and not squeak. Um, so that was, like, my, my, my initial, like, my expectations going in. But what about you guys? So I didn't see the Hall H interview, or the, excuse me, the Hall H presentation with all of them. Um, I saw the trailers and as excited as I get for sequels, I'm already like mentally preparing that the the tradition has been that sequels don't always live up to the first movie. Except Terminator 2. Except Terminator 2. Damn right, Amy. Um, wow. hey, and I'm speaking hey. <laughs> and I'm speaking primarily well, I did like Superman 2 as well I mean, and Superman 2 I feel like was better than the first also the Wrath of Khan was better than the first Star Trek see, see so we have so. a couple I mean, we yeah, have some, some couple of, noted the throwing of the S was kind of weird but whatever That's, part 2 yeah, I don't know okay. where that came from he never had that power um, <laughs> we've established some 2's are much better than other ones yeah, so keep yeah, going yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's not to say that all sequels that come Back after usually two. How dare you? Um, <laughs> not just the rack. Um, <laughs> Back to the Future Two prophesized the presidency we just had. Anyway, um, Biff, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I mean that specifically as in the second film. A third and fourth sequel can also be amazing: Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers: Endgame. Um, but generally, the second movie has a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. We'll make a shitload of money because of the hype of the first movie and everyone excited. But story-wise, we'll not live up to the first one. So I went into Wonder Woman 84 expecting something that wasn't going to be as amazing as the first Wonder Woman was. I was excited because I like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I want the DC uh, Extended Universe to succeed, and she was the one leading the way when it came to the movies so far. 
Although I do, again, watch Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. It's worthy. Um, so I went into it excited, but I wasn't expecting something better than the first movie. I wasn't. And I was expecting there to be some flaws. Um, that's where I was before watching it. Super Manderson. I'm a, I was in a similar place. Um, the first one, Roman, was so good that I, I didn't think that it would quite meet that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and there also, I, I sometimes have a hard time when they introduce two different villains at the same time. And I was like, oh, did they bite off more than they could handle? So I was a little hesitant about that. But I also, because of who uh, Max Lord is in the comics, like, I don't really know what to expect. Like, what's real, what's not, that kind of stuff. Um, I was just hoping that it would be, it would, it would still be a good quality and enjoyable good storytelling um, and just kind of like fill in some of those gap years between Wonder Woman and when she shows up in Batman v Superman. So that's where we felt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amy's back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just leaned forward in a chair and suddenly I'm back. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, because we, I want to get all aspects. Amy, hmm. what did you enjoy in the movie? So actually I did have, this is where I run into the struggle because there were so many things that were great callbacks, whether they were to the comic book, whether they were to design wise, um, the girl who plays young Diana on the mascara in the opening sequence, um, Lily, she did all of her own stunts. That's so awesome. Um, and to quote Patty, she did them so good. She did them better than the stunt doubles. So they let her, they kept her, which. She was absolutely breathtaking. I loved seeing Robin Wright. Oh yeah, I will. Robin I, Wright day. and um, even uh, oh my god, Connie Nielsen. Thank you. That whole opening scene was fantastic. I love yeah. the whole opening and bringing those two back, the, the badasses that they are. I loved seeing them come back for that. Exactly, and so there was, there were moments in in the movie. So the Themyscira sequence, which also, if you're paying attention to. The uh, Hippolyta's box, her partner, is sitting in the chair behind her. So I was like, shout out to representation because mm. nobody brings her up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that sequence was great. The mall sequence was so much fun. It's fun shocking the Linda Carter fans when you're like, wait, she came from a place of only women? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, come on. It's in the comics. Move. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Depending upon which comics you read, the variations are. They're still all women. Yeah. What do you Surprise. think they did? What do you think they did? Anyway. <laughs> snoo, snoo. Snoo, snoo everywhere. Snoo, snoo. You're well. I knew you'd appreciate that. Um, but so, yeah, the Themyscira open was great. The The mall sequence at the beginning was wonderful. It was fun. The little girl sliding across the floor, very 80s, with, like, the arms. And then, the, like, hey, hey, this is so much fun. The wink to her. It, I like the, the wink. The, yeah. yeah. It, it was playful. Mm-hmm. It met that. Very 80s trope. Yeah. And then we start taking some turns where there, it, it's not, it, it doesn't embody, it, it starts feeling that it could be more a present day movie than an 80s movie. So we start out, we're 80s, 80s, we're in the Starcourt Mall, 
literally <laughs> from Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, shoot, I recognize that mom. Wait a minute. Where's Steve? Is Steve Harry? Is Steve Hair? The hair here? Scoop. Where is he? Scoops. Scoops ahoy. Scoops ahoy. <laughs> uh, but so I loved, I loved Chris, and, and this is, I've, I've said it before. Uh, Kristen Wiig did a great job in committing to her role yeah. as Dr. Barbara Minerva. Even in the terrible geeky transformation, um, which I'm starting to abhor that everybody who has wettish looking hair, glasses, and is a nerd is suddenly going to become a supervillain. Like that reveal is so played out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but her commitment to her role, to her character was above and beyond. Uh, it was great. And being able to mark what she lost in her transition to Cheetah with air quotes, um, is really, really admirable. And then, um, that, that, and the mid credit sequence. Yeah. So I go, I literally go a couple, I'm like beginning little chunky chunk Mm -hmm. mid credit. Yeah. Okay. I have got something. I have, I, and I'm positive. You guys know this about me. I try to find the good in yeah. everything. And for me, as a longtime Wonderful Woman fan, to mm-hmm. come in and be like, this is what I got for you, homie. <laughs> this is what I got Ooh, for okay. you. Well. Like, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll leave it alone until the rest come home, but nobody's wagging their tail behind them. Anderson! <laughs> How you feeling, buddy? Uh... <laughs> I, I I think I liked more of it than you did. All the things that you talked about are on my list of things I really enjoyed about the movie. Um, there were there were some little things when I watch movies like this that I've I've read so much of the material that I look for. Not that it's going to ruin the movie if it's not there, but that development of the friendship between Barbara and Diana. It was is key. Those to were great me. scenes. Yeah, yeah, those were great scenes. Those are yeah. They they bring out. I mean, just like who kind of let Diana shine as somebody who cares about everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, even though, like, there is a little bit of an ulterior motive for Diana to try to get to know her so that they can, she can have access to that that stone. It's still like there's an authenticity to the line, like, oh, I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. Like, I feel Both like can you, be true, where she may have yes. had an idea at first, and all of a sudden, wait, I actually like this person. This is actually Exa- someone yeah, I would exactly. Talk to so that all. that friendship's there because the, in the comics, that all that comes back like that they were friends, and Diana keeps reaching out to her. So that was key, um, and I really enjoyed those scenes. Um, there, there were some other aspects of it that I, maybe a lot of people didn't like that I felt were that reminded me of some of the more recent run, like the, um, the more recent Greg Rucker runs of wonder woman, where she seems kind of lost and is trying to uncover truths here and there. Um, and anytime that a movie that's based on a comic book can make my mind go to a comic book, I'm in. Um, so there were, there were some things about her dealing with some of the emotional stuff that maybe seem darker um, or not quite as eighties ish, like it started out. Cause I agree. There was like this very eighties kind of feel at the beginning. And then it was like, okay, here's the, here's the actual story of the movie. It wasn't mm-hmm. like this cohesive eighties feel in a lot of it. Um, that I, I liked, um, and just like kind of 
the the puzzle piecing together they did uh traveling to different parts of the world mm-hmm. um i thought like i thought some of that was maybe not like well mind-blowing great but it was just it wasn't a a punch in the face superhero movie all the time they had to to problem solve and figure things out and work through certain issues because of of the wish um the the one thing Fist i do solve wonder, everything I, I do wonder about is the guy who wished for a cup of coffee what what did get what happened to him like <laughs> he burned his tongue <laughs> that that was the, that, that was a it was a cut scene. Yeah. literally yeah <laughs> no, no it's it. not even a cut oh that's scene. right he did it's literally he's yeah. walking away he takes a step he goes ah, ah, that's ah, right ah, it's ah, right there it shows you right away what this is going to do to you <laughs> so yeah the the yep. what what the consequence is proportional to the wish you just wish for a cup of coffee and you're fine already burnt tongue so yeah and that that end credit scene or the mid credit scene was was a lot of fun um i thoroughly enjoyed that when she turned on like oh, oh my goodness and it was like well what? you know who that is yeah okay 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 <laughs> and um, um did you did you like the richard donner shout out uh yes i, I, I had a feeling was, you would like that yeah yes yes i did it was one of, I, it was funny because it was one of the things i it, just by the trailer not having seen the movie yet when i actually saw twitter accounts who were complaining about her being able to lasso lightning and right. swing off of them and i was 52. and I, exactly i was like it's in the comic books she literally will ride lightning they're staying true to the comics showing you like where is in there dude it's there I, I did a whole you know video for the other organization showing that and i was like there there's everything you said manderson and amy were the elements I enjoyed. Um, I even will add that I did like, uh, in the finale, the final moment with Diana and Max and how she was using the lasso yeah. to talk to everyone. And yes, the score they use being Beautiful Lie from Batman versus Superman. Oh, you recognize mm-hmm. it. And, and then how she flips it. Yeah. Yeah, I I texted Tom immediately when that was happening, and he and I were like, "So either this song is used, uh, it's because another, you know, Bruce referred to the beautiful lie he was told growing up, and now the lies we're all living, that they're all living after their wishes, and how they need to correct that. Also, the possibility of it being tied to childhood trauma because she's bringing out the truth of Max, and we're seeing how he was as a child, what he dealt with." which was his trauma versus Bruce's trauma as a kid versus other people's trauma as kids. And we were debating how, why the track was used, but I thought the track worked in that That's scene very well. Agreed. So everything you've all said along with that moment, Diana talking to all of us, looking right at us, telling us to live true, not live off of lies. I liked that. Yeah. And it, that feels very much like wonder woman to yeah. me. It's, it's not, yes, she has all this physical power and combat prowess and could put Superman down if she needed to. She's the heart. Yeah. Ultimately she's going to come back to this, this emotional and ethical appeal to win the day. Don't get it wrong. She could cut your head off, but she's also the heart of the Trinity. Yeah. So there's the positive stuff we've talked about. And we're just going to stop right there. The rest of the show. (laughs) uh, Manderson and I are going to unplug our mics. And Amy will control the rest of the show. (laughs) I'm considering considering that I could be so negative and jump all over this. And 
how much of a long-term Diana Prince fan, much much that Kal-El Clark Kent type of, type of jam, which Manderson fully understands, the Bruce Wayne Batman mm-hmm. thing. There is a Diana, the Diana Prince Wonder Woman, like the different pieces of her, mm-hmm. who she is in and out of the tiara are what makes this so difficult for me. Mm-hmm. What makes this movie so difficult for me? And and, uh, and just so we're clear, Manderson and I agree, the movie is flawed. There are flaws oh, yeah, in yeah. this movie. We just want to get the positive stuff out of the way. But yeah. there are flaws we're going to discuss now. <laughs> get it out of the way. Yeah. We're just like, shoo, shoo. Get the good, happy go. stuff out the way so we're balanced now. Well, Let's get well to we didn't bring up also also the great and wonderful um, Asteria Unif- or golden outfit, it which we was, see in Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. It was beautiful. Which was a direct made. callback. It was stunning. Yeah. Um, she rocked that shit. She totally did. The way that, that the opening sequence of her being on Themyscira, spoiler, losing the Wonder Woman or the, the Themyscirin triathlon, what have you, um, where everyone's she in did. gold and then we only see gold again once she's given up. Or understood the lesson from her childhood mm-hmm. about how she could only win and she could only succeed if she had fully um, understood and embraced the truth, i.e. something I'm about to bring up. Mm-hmm. So it, it, in juxtaposition, you can see how that's been that's been set up for set. it. There's, yeah, there's lots of framing about things are going on. We could talk about how the Dreamstone, as soon as they called it the Dreamstone, I was like, oh, is this Morpheus's Dreamstone? Are we talking Dr. Destiny? We're making a call out to, you know, like Vertigo and Sandman because that was something that would happen too. Um, but yeah, I tried, <laughs> tried, tried really hard, guys. I tried, tried. How many times did you watch it? Three times. Okay, we watched it twice. Oh. We watched it Christmas night. Uh, second time because it was Christmas night and wife... You know, she had cooked, so she fell asleep. But she watched it the next day with me yep. and the boys. Uh, again, the boys uh, have been on a run of watching badass women. They cheered loudly in the finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, Jackson proclaiming loudly, those girls are awesome. <laughs> and, yes, the, are. and then uh, every action scene that Wonder Woman was in, they were celebrating loudly. Well, I mean, when we have that entire callback in Egypt to the very uh indiana jones s underneath the car type of vibe that was i loved that (laughs) which everybody was like yes and i was like yes and then we're finding out she her invulnerability is wearing off Mm -hmm. but she's there's there's so many continuity errors yeah i i so i like actors who make me believe that the action they're doing is is emotionally tied gal is one of them when she was doing those scenes when she has her legs up on the car and trying to push it, and I believe that she's actually doing that just by the way she, the expression. Because there's actors who do action scenes, and I'm like, really? Do you? Okay, so there's no emotion tied to the action you're doing. Gal's not one of those. She actually showed true emotion in the action she was doing. Now to the pole. Now to the holes involved in this story. <laughs> yes. So, so first and foremost, starting off with the. The woman doesn't even make a wish aloud to, <laughs> to activate the Dreamstone. So that is that is flaw number one, was, that everybody else in this damn movie has got to say out loud what they wish for to get it to work. Mm-hmm. And whether we're saying, oh, because of her, her demigoddess powers, what have you, that the, the stone's like, I see you, baby. 
I got you. I thought like I thought I missed the scene where she said it. I was like, do I have to rewind? Did I miss her say it? it? She never said it. Oh. No. But I can appreciate the ridiculous slight hair waving. Like everybody's hair blows back a little bit whenever they make a wish. Yeah. And hers, peop, like I had I told you I watched it three times mm-hmm. because I the first time I finished it when I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then the second time I'm like, she never said her wish out loud, yeah. did she? And I watched it and I was like, she never said her wish out loud. <laughs> OK, even if she had said it under her breath, mm-hmm. I would have given it to him. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, OK, there's problem number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Problem number two, the big old handsome man credit Literally, the poor actor is listed as handsome man in the credits. <laughs> Feel free to look up the poor fella. We get the sudden embodiment. It wasn't Anthony Steve. The... It wasn't Anthony Steve. It wasn't. No, that. it wasn't. I'm sorry. But but I'll take that credit though. The sudden embodiment of Chris Pine, one Steve Trevor, in this poor fella's body. And as I say, poor fella, I was too. I was in, and I was a couple of places. Of this first off, I wanted the actor that Chris Pine was embodying to be able to have more screen time. Mm-hmm. If he was going to do that entirely, like when he did the sequence, I wish we had more time at the party mm-hmm. with her. I was excited. He had the mannerisms. He had the tone. He kind of looked like him. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's, you know, he can be embodied by Steve Trevor. But keep that actor. But keep the actor. At least which more of they the denied. actor. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they, and they took so much. And then suddenly it's like, all I can see is you. And we're like, girlfriend, no, stop. Then the questions are raised. Where is this poor man's consciousness? If this is soul, <laughs> in which we could talk about soul later, but his, this is a Mr. Mitten situation. Which, it, which is, it is a... An 80s trope, the, the body swapping role, the, big. The body swap, the big body swap trope, yes. If we want to talk about Hanks and big and how it's acceptable. 12-year-old considering boy. Also, the, the boy in the giant, <laughs> and the big boys. <laughs> Doesn't make it okay. No, you're not. You're right. You're more, right. If there was more 80s through this entire movie where we could tie that trope in, True. I might have been more forgiving Fact. and been able to uh, suspend my belief. Mm. A little bit Fact. more. And also, or don't have that. Just have have Steve Trevor appear. Why yeah. couldn't he just appear? Why did he have to embody another person that exists? I mean, we're in a comic book movie. It grants you your wish. The genie grants you a wish. It pops out of nowhere. Why couldn't Steve Trevor just pop out of nowhere instead of having to embody some other man? That's what I would have changed myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Well, and then we also have this entire thing that you think about this poor guy, his consciousness, wherever it may be, if whether he is haunting, like hanging out in the corners of his apartment, yelling and screaming, going, hello, you're in my body, my body. Like if we're doing a like we're doing that. That's a side story. But she's but she straight up bones him rip, on repeat. Like she don't stop. Did she? She don't get enough. Did, yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> If we are to follow the trope. Unless I see the scene, I don't believe it. <laughs> then that would not be allowed for anybody to see, and Super Anderson can't agree. <laughs> and literally, he's like, that's the wrong Wonder Woman, my friend. <laughs> I think we all know what happened. Exactly. Played, you don't need. They played chess. They keep implying it. They, they there was so much chess. coffee and so much mm-hmm. cheese whiz. They watched and the Queen's toasters. Gambit. That's what it was. Yes. They so did. <laughs> Um, so that was the big, essentially, yeah. she has a walking, talking, like, and 
it's a sex doll. He's a sex doll. Yeah. He's a possessed sex it's doll true. at this point. That's true. And I feel bad that the guy that actually is supposed to be him does not get screen time to actively be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Let the poor man have some... Ch- anyway, got that. Then. Here we go. She's winding up. And the pitch. Where in the Air and Space Museum, in the Smithsonian, uh-huh. which is full of, I don't know, empty, unfueled planes? Fact. <laughs> is, is that the... they have a legit... Not only do they have... The hangar, mm-hmm. where she could just walk through the hangar. There was nobody to stop her. No, nobody. Nobody cared. She got a she got a card, mm-hmm. homie. Yep. Boop, boop. Look at me. Hello, I'm Diana. I'm, I, I don't work in air and space, but boop, boop. <laughs> and then Steve Trevor, who has been dead for almost seven decades, knows how to o- not only turn on all the instruments like, yeah. mm-hmm. on, the, on the jet, but he knows it's a push start. No, it's like, and he knows how to fly it's like riding a bicycle. It, and it's fueled. <laughs> And it's so great. And you just push that button. And oh, oh, when they're in the air, the the instrument panel isn't even lit. <laughs> and there's a point where they're flying over the through the fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, that's not safe. That's not that's safe. That's not we, safe. I want to make it. I want to make it clear to everyone that my laughing is is not laughing at Amy. I'm laughing at no, the way she's describing, it and it's true every word she's saying. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. We yeah. like. Even if we wanted to to go with her rubbing her hands together and going, I've only I only did this once and it was on a coffee mug and I lost it. I love that line, Great line. Yeah, that was because funny. because it was so funny. And then we're like, now we know what happened to the invisible jet girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I tried it on a coffee mug. It's now a jet like way, and it's gone. <laughs> like, like the way that line was delivered made me laugh out loud. Like, that was good. That was good yeah. because it, because it was very hurt. And mm-hmm. then the other thing was I have never seen. Well, I I have I didn't even go and check. But I've never seen a side-by-side seated jet that looks like that because the outward design of that jet was incorrect. Yep. Mind you, though, yeah. Patty's Patty's dad, Patty's an Air Force brat. It's true. And her dad flew. Mm-hmm. So if she she probably has a better handle Maybe she on knows military aircraft than I do. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that one to her. But you're still right about all of a sudden Steve knows how to fly this jet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and then, and then there's that one point there in the air – and they're flying above the clouds, and it looks like the airplane is parked because there's literally, like, the the clouds behind them. There's not enough movement <laughs> underneath the clouds to make it look like the clouds are actually moving, mm-hmm. like they're moving, yeah. you know. Also, the man doesn't have a mask. Like, how is he? Is that, that cabin pressured? Like, <laughs> You're right. They're that not cabin? wearing masks. You're right. <laughs> he, like, I, under, I get her. She is a demigod. Well, I mean, she can to, do whatever the heck she wants. To be Hit fair, we've it, had enough masks in 2020. We deserve an oh. unmasked <laughs> That's why. Oh, oh, That's only why. The, the one man that can fly the plane, because she certainly can't in seven decades. <laughs> she has not learned how to fly yeah. a plane. <laughs> and, then, and then, so he gets there. They have, not only that, they have enough fuel to get them from Washington, D.C. to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, whatever we're going to yeah, call it, right. yeah. land. And then, you know, they also happen to have cash on them, which is great. Oh, yeah. Get get it get it with them cash. Oh, Diana, rich. But it happens to be it happens to be the right amount of cash exactly. to get the to get the taxi <laughs> to have the Indiana Jones sequence. But prior to getting to the Indiana Jones sequence, let's talk about the glory that is one Pedro Pascal as bleach blonde. Maxwell Lord. Hey, I like that point. <laughs> Life is good. Could be better. So, I love Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. I've come right out and said the world, he's amazing. I think the world he's amazing. Loves Pedro Pascal. 
Yeah. Well, considering also if this had come out before Mando, he would have had a tough time. Yeah, probably. Because a lot of people found that he was so manic, so desperate, and push, 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 that it was a turnoff. Hmm. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand about Maxwell Lord in the comic books. Yes, please. Just a, just a, just a brief overlap. So originally, Maxwell Lord was just a human dude. Mm-hmm. He would he just had some money. Um, he used to buy people off. He didn't have any type of powers until it was revealed that he was a metahuman and was able to manipulate superheroes and control them to do what he'd want, i.e. having people try to attack and kill Superman, controlling Superman for a short amount of time. Um, so that was more of the vibe that I'm used to for a Maxwell Lord. Mm-hmm. He's sinister with manipulation. He's got the money to back it up. Okay. He's Lex, Luper, Lex Luthor with a superpower. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, yep. Lex Luthor's doesn't exist. I knew Lex nothing. Luthor's amazing. I knew nothing about the Maxwell character. Knew nothing about it. Well, and he's predominantly seen with the Justice League, mm-hmm. which is one of my other bigger things. Cheetah is specifically, and we we talked about her. Man, <laughs> Superman Anderson literally went like co-host slash headed the Wonder Woman episode that we did, where we talked about uh, Cheetah's origin story in Rebirth and what how that looked, and I still can't pronounce that evil swamp thing from. Urs Yeah, yeah we, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. That. Frank. Urkataga. Frank. Yeah. Urkatek. <laughs> but so that origin story, which is the origin story that has been passed down for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years. We're talking Len Wein, George Perez, like bringing back Barbara Minerva. That's where the first place we see her, considering that there were two other, almost three other cheetahs prior to Dr. Barbara Minerva. Um So we're looking at that. But Maxwell Lord has been primarily a Justice League villain. Mm -hmm. So I was struggling to find out where he would fit in this. And then he became so much... He became so much gimme, 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 gimme. Which is what I think part of the movie was trying to encapsulate. That it was about the greed and building on... Greed after greed, telling yourself the lie of, mm-hmm. of you know, life is good, but it could be better. Mm-hmm. You just need, insert mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Ooh, and that rhymed. Nice. <laughs> um, that was weird. From the aspect of someone, again, I knew n- nothing about Maxwell Lord going into this movie. I just knew Pedro Pascal was playing him. What I liked about the character is that, the character in the movie, I was halfway sympathetic toward this character. Uh, uh, the wanting to prove that you are something to your son. That that trying to save face when the guy calls you a loser in front of your son. Which is, you know, apparent to be called that in front of their child by someone. D- d- devastating. D- d- embarrassing, to say the least. So I... His manic actions, the way he acted, the things, the greed that pushed him was driven by this aspect of wanting revenge of the way you were raised, revenge of the way you were treated, revenge over the wrongs that were done to you. And, and I mean, I've had moments where my mind's been there. I'm, I'm just going to say that real quick. Uh, and I do, I guess, again, no comic knowledge of the guy. I liked the arc his character had and how in the end the character redeemed itself. Now, Again, not true to the Maxwell Lord comic character, as Amy just told us. Um, but regarding this story, I did like the redemption, how it took hearing his son to make him change everything, to realize what he'd done, to take back everything he did, to renounce his wish 
And the first thing he does is go running for his son. Um, I, I liked that. I guess one of my things is we should have picked a villain in this movie. If we're going to go Pascal's Maxwell Lord, let's make Barbara, keep her in the movie, but make her someone who's helping Diana. And she doesn't get an, we don't even get a sign of her becoming Cheetah until the end. Right. And you set or up till the next movie or something or next movie. And you set up Wonder Woman three with yeah. Cheetah being the full blown villain. Or mix it up. Or maybe Cheetah's the main villain in this movie and Maxwell Lord is down the road for Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. We should have picked one instead of having them both in there. And I think Barbara got cheated. (laughs) Cheated. Uh, In this movie. I think she got cheated in it because we could have had a good movie of Barbara helping Diana. And suddenly at that very end realize, oh, she's going to be this. She's not going to be her friend for long. Yeah. I... I agree. I feel like, well, there were some good action scenes with her. Mm. It almost felt like she was more of Maxwell Lord's bodyguard. She was. Then she was. She was an actual villain. Uh, and that, there was so be- much hype that it was going to be her when they first announced uh, yeah. Kristen Wiig that it was going right. to be Wonder Woman versus Cheetah. And part of me wonders because they show her transform back into human physically. But she doesn't renounce her wish if that's going to come back in Wonder Woman 3. I really hope it does Mm -hmm. because I would love to see her take center stage as a villain as opposed to be playing second fiddle to Max Lord. And I'm I'm with Amy as somebody who's read uh, some stuff with Maxwell Lord in it um, and even the more recent Wonder Woman stuff that just came out with him in it. If if they changed his name to something else. Mm. I would have been like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But knowing who Maxwell Lord is, he was the weakest part of the movie to mm. me. I get um, that. Once I kind of like bought into what he was doing and why, I was like, okay, I can accept it and I can enjoy this movie. But when it comes down to somebody who's like, oh, what was your least favorite part? I'm like, Maxwell Lord. Like he was just... Gotcha. He, yep. he was whiny. He was... He was manipulative, but he wasn't manipulative in the way that Maxwell Lord is, where he's like, and the stories, yeah. he's in control the whole time. He was kind of like weaselly, and mm-hmm. I didn't like that about him. Total sense. Amy? I know there's yeah. more. Yeah, no. no oh, there, there is more. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I will say a lot of the stuff that Amy brought up, I did have qualms with, but not enough to ruin a movie for me, I guess. Cause I, I go into She's like a done. comic. She's not I, done. I know. Oh, no, I'm letting you finish. I, I, I'm I, I, I go into <laughs> like a comic book movie. And to me, there's like, okay, it takes place on earth. So there's a certain amount of familiarity with that, but it's also, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily our earth. It's a make believe world to a certain extent. So some of the, uh, there's just a believability that I just want to throw at it just because of that. Um, but yeah, some of the, I mean, I would say the main thing with the Steve Trevor and taking possession of somebody else's body, like that was, that was weird. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? The, the why, the why started out, the first viewing I was like, why? And then I was like, okay, I gave myself the opportunity on the first viewing to kind of like suspend a lot of my, my disbelief. You know, just 
try to involve myself in the story, give it space as a story, because Patty Jenkins has came out and said that it is not a sequel. It's supposed to be another Wonder Woman story. It just happens to take place in, in chronological order. Um, and that was a very big sticking point there, um, where literally it's like, hey, man possession, we go sleep with them. It'd be great. And you're just like, no, non-consent. The, in an age of consent, mm-hmm. literally, you're like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's my dead boyfriend's consciousness in this man's body. He says I can touch him. <laughs> what? No. Stop it. Mm-hmm. So we've got that going on. We've got the whole fly to Egypt where they have the sequence after chasing down Maxwell Lord when he's acquired the 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 bodyguards or the security team of the prince who happens to wish for the ancestral lands. I think it's of Bayala. Uh, yeah. Um, which is a shout out actually to Black Adam. Um, what, what, so Who? Black who, Adam. What? Who? That really? Black, Black Adam? Who's, Black Adam was in Kandahar. You mean the guy who's about to be played he, by... And he was right next door, right? Because he was on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Who's playing Black Adam? It's in the future? I don't know. Who's who's playing Black, Black Adam? Oh, I, I, I'm is sorry. There, the jabroni beating. Is it Harrison Ford? Pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, all around smack it down. People's champ, the Rock. Hulk Hogan. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> that plug, that timing on that plug, though, he's getting a lot better at this. The man who beat Hulk Hogan twice, the Rock. Well, yeah, but Hulk Hogan's like three times his age, so it was fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago. Shut your mouth. Amy, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah it was it was a shout out to him based on the other side of the wall where the split is yeah. so i was like okay cool we get a little bit of a tie in there mm-hmm, good um but the indiana jones as sequence was good the dummies that she saved was bad mm-hmm. she rolled straight on them children's yeah, heads she did. yeah can't, homie can't, can't homie can't play on that she one did. um which i was like okay Whoever was on their practical effects team needed to fix that one really, they're fine. really bad. They're fine. <laughs> really bad. And then, you know, they're able to not only turn around that invisible jet. They found it. I remember where they parked it. Turn it around. It's still fully fueled. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It gets the, they're able to land it undetected. Yeah. Probably back at the museum. And then, poof, they're, you know, there to learn about the uh, the Mayan people, which that sequence... I was excited, too, because it was expository. Like, I'm like, yes, let's get some history. Mm-hmm. Let's find out about the bad guy, you know, the trickster god that imbued this dreamstone and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Let's go. It's like, what, maybe a three-minute, maybe four minutes tops? Four minutes, yeah. Where we're like, okay, we've got backstory. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, guys, <laughs> information. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then suddenly it's, we're going to Reagan-esque crazy man. Well, yeah. There you go. Which I was like, okay. I'm like, I got you. I understand. It's the 80s. Let's go. Mm. But then when he gets in there, not only is this Reagan pres- Reagan-esque president yeah. having a well. meeting, but he has a top secret boards in the Oval <laughs> Office. Just hanging out. Just hanging yeah. out. He... There was way too much access being granted in the White House in this movie. <laughs> you just stroll right in. Just come on in. It's the White House. It's not like we have top military issues that are being openly displayed yeah. on 
Oh, on corkboard. Yeah, just... It's not even on corkboard. <laughs> what was it? It was like it was like the foam. Cord. It was it's like the stuff we used for school. And you're like retractable, <laughs> like pointer. Now you see, Mr. President, mm-hmm. this is what these do right here, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got that. Uh-huh. Then, from a ridiculous standpoint, from from military aspects, when he gets on um, Marine One, which is the helicopter, yeah, the chopper to take him to the undisclosed location, which Diana seems to immediately know where it is. Yeah, that's another mm-hmm. one. Uh, the door's wrong, but that's okay. I'm a weirdo <laughs> like that, where I'm like, the door doesn't slide. So when Kristen Wiig gets in the <laughs> in after she's kicked everybody's ass, you know. Yeah. It's she's just like and the door slides closed. We're like, no. no. Are you in a van um, right now? No. <laughs> she was in, she was in a great van. So good. Um, the sequence, the fight sequence in the hallway, which I started giggling at because everybody loves a good hallway fight sequence. Um, ended up giving exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ended up giving, uh, Chris Pine, not Chris Pine, the opportunity to actually, you know. <laughs> Um, take care of, like, beating up Maxwell Lord, and he doesn't. Like, he's literally got him handcuffed to him. He could have made a wish. He mm. could have, had, like, made the wish and said, I wish for all the wishes to be undone, or I wish for you to stop what you're doing. And we don't get any of that. Mm-hmm. We get him, like, headbutt, fight, fight, I'm here. I, I did like the points where he's trying to kill but can't. He realizes he can't kill. He's fine. <laughs> He's like, my girlfriend's a pacifist. <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm. I mean, she kills only when it's necessary. And right now she just wants, she's like, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. So let's get up to our secret military installation. Mm. Yes. Wherever it is upon the craggy hills mm-hmm. that, you know, particles, particles are touching people. Yes. So very much uh, Mike TV, Willy Wonka S. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's it's Mike TV coming uh-huh. at you now with added Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Life is good, but it could be better. It could be better. <laughs> Which was not that it was so far fetched, but it was just like okay, suddenly now we have interpreted. Not only his respect and authority, which has been garnered throughout the world as President Pedro. Mm-hmm. Which is even funnier to say President Pedro. Um, but that he is now essentially touching a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And he can hear all of their voices. Mm-hmm. And hear all of their wishes and selectively start pulling from people. Mm-hmm. So he's deciding the magnitude of the take instead of the equality of the wish take. Mm-hmm. Which was questionable to me. But it's the same thing when they have the talk while they're in the plane. When he decides... When Kristen Wiig goes, I want to be an apex predator. I'm like, girl, you could have been an orca whale. Like, <laughs> you tell it a, like, don't tell the Dreamstone that. And she'd already made her wish. So I was like, how are we going to figure this one I out? I make you a tiny black widow. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a brown recluse spider. Like, seriously. You are the arachnophobia spider. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're the anaconda in anaconda. Like, what else are we gonna do? You, your uh, import taste, your coronavirus. Like, come on, <laughs> it's terrible. This is literally, and I'm just like, she's already made her wish mm-hmm. on on the Dreamstone. Mm-hmm. He embodies the Dreamstone, which means her primary wish 
is already been locked in place. You only get one, mm-hmm. which is what he keeps telling his son when his son just wishes for his dad's goodness. Mm-hmm. Also, do we want to bring up that the poor little Asian boy has has a Latino father? <laughs> like that little bless his heart. Yes. He was wonderful. Mm-hmm. The child that randomly was running in and out of buildings and in the middle of a freeway mm-hmm. and pops out of the woods. Run, child, run. Yes. You're great. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what kids did in the 80s. They ran. Right? We just ran out of just the woods. Let, we just let us go. I mean, we just, you know. Run the, running down the center of the freeway. Yeah. And then magic Cornfields. The yeah. I did it. Screaming for our parents. Yeah. The one parent who, you know, we actually love and care about and we don't know where the other one yeah. is. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. But so I was trying to figure out that whole trans- that cheetah transformation mm-hmm. because I couldn't figure it out. And then when he starts going, uh, I'll take your rage and give it to her. And I'll take your ferocity and give it to her. And you have to like really listen to it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense how she gets those extra oomph. Oh, but then we see yes. Dame Judy Dench she- pop out with long hair. Wait, what? Yes. I just called... The Chris, the Kristen gotcha. Wig, Cheetah Transformation. <laughs> it is, it is, Old Deuteronomy. Jane and Dame Judy Dench. I love Judy Dench. I don't like, care. She's uh, amazing. For a second, I'm like, M was in this movie. I don't remember seeing her. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the CGI that was done on that final transformation. Was the most depressing mm-hmm. I have seen. And all I watched of Cats, the new one, was trailers Same. because I refused uh-huh. to put myself into that. Mm-hmm. And Dame Judy Dent would be appalled. Right. But so that transformation sequence, finally, apparently someone was really hairy. <laughs> like, I don't know how, how he took. He's like, I'll take your body hair and your, yeah. your chiseled nose and cheeks yes. and give them to her. And I was like, okay. The giving part made sense. But still, that final transformation was so enraging mm-hmm. from just a purely like, this is the cheetah. Mm-hmm. This is a staple of Wonder Woman. This is the frenemy of all frenemies. Mm-hmm. She carries so much more weight than, I want to be like you. Yeah. I've lost my humanity. Mm-hmm. I stopped feeding that one homeless guy on the way to work and that's how you can tell i no longer care like there is so much more gravitas to who she is as a character which was so disappointing to Mm -hmm. me but again as i said Kristen wig sold what she was given being her yeah she did she did amazing Mm -hmm. she was as ferocious as she needed to be she was um the moving from nerd to confidence as much as she could be she did great acting yeah um which i will always give her props for but that was part of that thing where I'm just like, you know, oh, we dropped a live wire into a pond, spoiler, and you're not dead. You just happen to, you know, be sizzled. Mm-hmm. And now you're sans hair again. Like, <laughs> how did, remind me in the comics, how did she become Cheetah? Son of Superman Anderson. So the most recent origin story was that she wanted to be powerful like diana and she gave herself over to this dark god called urz turk dang it we'll call him bill you had it it's it's a really difficult to pronounce name um he's evil swamp thing basically yeah um and he she 
gives herself over to him and he turns her into like his avatar kind of, but also as a part of that, he is her, wait, he, sorry, she, Cheetah, is his wife as well. So basically to get, to gain this power, she gives up uh, her, basically everything to this God to get there. This, this is why she should have been Wonder Woman three villain. Uh, This is something you could have done there. Well, and the thing is that the, her origin story, regardless of for, for Dr. Barbara Ann Minerva's story, Mm -hmm. it stays fairly consistent from Perez's writing all the way through Raka, like to current. Mm -hmm. And so it's always, she goes and um, she goes on expedition, whether it's of good intent or not. Um, and she ends up making the deal with evil Swamp Thing God in Africa mm-hmm. and becomes the cheetah. And in some of them, it's she had always been friends with with Diana. And there's some, depending upon who takes the writing of it, where it is a jealousy one-up, I want to one-up you. Some of it, it's a her curiosity got the better of her and she harbors resentment towards Diana because Diana wasn't there to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so much more complex than what they gave her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it's heart, it's kind of heartbreaking because that's what I was hoping for in two, uh-huh. that they were going to explore that section of Wonder Woman Lord. Like if they hadn't, they hadn't used Max, mm-hmm. they would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much meat that they could have de- delved into. And it was kind of greedy. Mm-hmm. to put everybody in there and instead of having one all-star villain you have two you have one underutilized female villain and one overutilized b villain yeah they you're everything you guys have told me about cheetah they should have either made her the primary villain build the friendship that you have and making that turn even more impactful to Diana or make her just a friend of hers in part two, show the friendship they have, have her help Diana defeat Maxwell in the end of this one. And Wonder Woman three is where we get Barbara's mythology and how she changes. And that gives you even a movie and a half of them being close friends, making that turn that much more emotional when it happens. That's what they should have done. They tried to pack too much into this. Uh, worthy stories that could have been told if you just dissected them and saved half of it for the next film. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Maybe we'll get more Cheetah in number three. Maybe. That's my hope. Well, but, or maybe Giganta. We can get Giganta in number three. Yeah, we might get Giganta. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing we can really start looking at is consider it, – it really depends on where they kind of stack the stack three in the run. Yeah, right. Because they've covered World War One, they've covered the eighties. Now we're moving into nineties, two thousand. They said contemporary, so yeah, nineties, two thousands. Who knows when that takes place? It, and it could be a bit of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can also tackle the hunt for um, Asteria. We can also tackle the hunt for Themyscira, which has always been something that's part of her mythos. Mm-hmm. There's so much. There's so much richness in storytelling to who she is. Now that fully we've established. Not only can she fly, mm-hmm. um, but finally. swinging from finally right, <laughs> but swinging from the lightning, um, and then when she's in the pool and doesn't die, is basically hey, you're Zeus's kid, mm-hmm. which is a call to fifty two. We already knew mm-hmm. that one, yep. um, but there's so much, 
story and space to give that it created such a disappointment in this film for me that it blew out so much so much of the good that was there that it made me disappointed in this. Now, mind you, I try to find the silver lining in everything. Mm-hmm. So I can always be like, hey, you know, that final sequence, you're the, or the we get to the end of the movie and everybody has, in renouncing his wish, anybody that wished on him, on Maxwell Lord, their wishes are null and, and void. And did he erase memories of the wishes? Or So technically that's where this this comes in a little bit difficult to understand because once the um once the wish is renounced or the dreamstone is destroyed the wish and all effects therein should be eradicated which means that handsome man i'm sorry credited handsome man <laughs> i really need to learn your name before this to give you proper due fine. um he he doesn't remember he doesn't remember having you know he's got some new clothes whatever He's probably missing some shoes. He might be bleeding. Where's my fanny pack? But other than exactly, yeah. or, his, or his parachute oh, pants. My parachute pants. Like, does everybody he parachute know. now? Exactly. So many pockets. So many pockets. <laughs> that sequence was fun. Yeah. But again, I just wanted the poor dude that they were embodying to have the time to be himself. Because mm-hmm. like, I had seen someone crazy. did a post uh, on the old on the old Twitter sphere um, that. The wishes were erased, therefore erasing the existence of what occurred. Nobody remembers what happened. We're back to normal. And that that was Diana correcting her mistake of letting her wish control her. That since Steve is here, it didn't matter what pain it caused. But now she's aware of the pain it caused. And that she's she was basically bad Superman, like in Superman 3. And is now back to being good Diana, having obliterated the bad ideas she made. That was their defense there. Well, and it comes down to a question more so of of greed. Mm -hmm. Um, Because young her brings it up literally to Antiope, which she's like, but but I want it. But I want Mm -hmm. it. And she wanted it so much. And she had been succeeding. And she's like, you cheated. That's it. There's there's no question about it. Which is... (laughs) Gosh, Robert, I love her. So good. Love her, uh, Jenny. Uh, ever since she was Jenny. Oh my goodness! So, in giving in giving that space, the callback, the reason for the armor, she f- had finally earned mm-hmm. it. To understand that she had to. I did bad. Um, yeah. Well, and it's I can't have everything, mm-hmm. and it's that why? Why can't I have mm-hmm. it? This just this one thing. Let me have mm-hmm. it, and then. It, it it walks that super that super solitary line that Superman himself has faced, and I know Madison's like, oh yeah, we could talk about this about the choice of, of steel. his happy his happiness versus the world, mm-hmm. and that's and if we have that pair and if they decide to pair up, oh. Diana and Clark mm-hmm. come three, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw things, <laughs> I promise you. Not because they're not my preferred pairing, but if they're trying to draw, you know exactly what what they're doing. Like if they were trying to draw that line and be like, see, she sacrifices for the world. And the only person that could ever understand this is another man who sacrifices for the world. I'm like, there's also Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. Somebody I'm not against her being with Bruce. I'm just I, I think in the current <laughs> DC movie continuity, if they tried to force Clark and Diana to be like, eh. I mean, Lois is already there. Yeah, I don't want that a broken ring up. has been produced. Like, I feel like you can't shoehorn this in. If that wasn't there, 
I would be like, I'd be okay. Again, not a permanent thing. Like the the friends, the Clark and Diana dating in New Fifty Two. I'm probably in the minority of like. I get it. They're two super powerful people who understand each other's worlds, and so obviously that's going to bring them together. But with that being said, Lois and Clark, <laughs> yeah, and and Steve and Diana, and, and they and they've and they've already had more of like a I guess somewhat flirtatious aspects happening between Diana and Bruce, yeah, not between Diana and Clark. Batman versus Superman, Justice League. There was like. The flirtatious joking they'd have back and forth and one line back. So that's already been like established there. And I still don't think that would be something where that's her her next love of her life. Bruce is just someone that come on, they're friends. She likes she like one of the thing is that they both the reason she's the heart of the Trinity isn't because she is, you know, just love, peace, and beauty. Mm-hmm. Or love, truth, and beauty, mm-hmm. if you wanna if you wanna try to pick a theme for each movie. Mm-hmm, right. She is she is playful, she's fun, she reminds them of why they do what they Humanity. do. Because Clark Clark doesn't need it all the time to, to remember why he does what he does. He sees mm-hmm. it, he can hear it, he can feel it. Bruce needs it on Bruce occasion because that it. boy that boy forgets yeah. quite a bit. It's a lot of darkness. And so there. well and she teases mm-hmm. him. And that's the thing that creates this great tension. Uh, it's not even a will they won't they. It's like they they probably never will. But they're so cute to see him flirt. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, you guys are adorable. I'm fine with that. Uh, and it's good. I got to say, it did hit the heart, the heartstrings. Granted, it was Christmas. Uh, there's a lot of emotions in my area when it comes to this holiday season that passed by. So, and, and having seen Soul right after it, too, by the way, uh, the scene where she renounces her wish of Steve. I, I I liked that scene a lot, the way it was done, the way she says goodbye to Steve and just walks away from him. And that 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 moment right there, I thought was well done. Uh, if you take away everything before and everything after all that, I thought the way they did that, the emotion between the two, the way they delivered their lines, how she turns away from him and you hear what he says. And then she says she renounced her wish and runs. I liked the way that was done. I thought that was a emotional well done moment it's nicely done and then the angry person that's in therapy comes out and says why did she need a man oh yeah to give her permission of course to let go which was the one of the big other sticking Mm -hmm. points first off we've got the non-consensual handsome guy that this poor man is just embodied Uh, christopher polaha so other chris other other, with a k with a k it's so okay chris with a k it'd be christopher polaha Polaha, I'd have to guess is how he'd say it. I like that you're you're going for it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Also, uh, <laughs> well, Chris, shout out to Natasha Rothwell. She was in this movie. I forgot that she was the uh, she was Carol, the coworker. Yeah, from Insecure. Oh, Natasha, uh, Natasha from Insecure. Anyway, I love it. So, so Chris with a K. We've got Chris with a K being pres- possessed by pines, mm-hmm. and it's all types of wrong. Then, so there's lack of consent there, mm-hmm. but then. She needs, after seven decades, permission mm-hmm. from the a- from the avatar, from the vessel, mm-hmm. to let go. Which is, I understand if you like got really excited and you were still hung up on him and you wanted to be like, oh my gosh. Literally, though, come on, girl. Like, I, I her emotion was great. The walking away, not turning around was mm-hmm. great. Her initial running was great. Her in the air, don't stare at her neck and her head that aren't moving 
was not okay. I promise if you guys go back and isolate that section of her running, her legs, the rest of her body is moving. Her neck and her head are perfectly still. It is ridiculous. But that she needed a man to allow her, to give her permission Mm -hmm. to move on was basura all over the place. Yeah. Shite to the fullest degree. No. It would have been stronger if she's the one who determined that she has to renounce her wish in tears. And he's like, okay, yeah, you're you're right. Like, I understand. Like if, she, if yeah. she's the one who initiated it, she's finally realized, I can't have you. It's destroying everything. And he's like, yeah, you're right, Diana. And then the walk away with those lines. Much stronger scene. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey. But I'm also angry and in therapy. But no, that doesn't take away the validity of what you said. You totally make sense. Uh, I didn't see it that way. You showed me that. I'm like, that makes perfect sense the way you just put that. And it would have been stronger for for Diana, for that character, to realize it herself, not need Chris Pine and Christopher telling her that. Well, and that's also like if we, we flip it to Superman, it's Clark making the decision to understand he has to sacrifice what he wants with Lois Mm -hmm. to move forward and save the world. Mm -hmm. And they cheat Diana of having that big of an impact, that turn Mm -hmm. in having it the way that they did. So I'm like, I'm like, you were right there. You were right there. But as soon as he goes, I've, I lived my life. I'm already gone. I'm like, bro, this would be great. Like if she didn't need your convincing, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. If she's like, look, I really have to let you go. I really don't want to. Yep. And it's, no, I understand. I had a great life with you. I'll all, And then the, I'll always be where, with you wherever you are. Like, mm-hmm. it would have it played yeah, better. you're right. But Absolutely. Again, I have so many thoughts, guys. <laughs> so many. I do. I've, I brought up earlier about how the Beautiful Lie score came up and how Tom and I were testing what the meaning of it. I was starting to think, wait a minute. Does this whole wish thing, are we going to get? The pearls scene, like did all of this because cre- it was eighty four, and I was like, did all, is the, the with beautiful lie playing? I'm like, were we gonna get a cut of seeing two well off rich parents being murdered in the street with a little kid being left alone and pearls scattered everywhere? I was like, I'm waiting for it. You're using beautiful lie. It never it never happened, of course, it never happened. But I was like, the song you're playing the song, <laughs> which is why she said that uh, truth is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not the the truth is yep. beautiful, which was the way that they put pl- they played on that, which I was like, okay. You guys are so catchy. <laughs> it so it made me want to watch Batman vs Superman again, which I did after watching Wonder Woman 84. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go kill 3 hours. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I seem to have totally like commandeered this entire thing where it's like Amy has problems with continuity. Do you agree or don't <laughs> Don't you? apologize. Yeah, everything That's you brought true. up was a yeah. valid point. You brought up valid uh Again, like we've said, the parts we've enjoyed, will I watch it again? I have HBO Max. I'll probably watch it again. Uh, I'll enjoy the parts I enjoyed, and I will still say, yeah, but there's flaws in it, and it will never, it does not live up to the first Wonder Woman movie, which was a spectacular film, which was an amazing Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Um, is it the worst DC movie? No. No. Uh, no. Uh, you know, Suicide Squad. We've I think got some strong there. front runners for the worst, for the worst mm-hmm. one. One being suicide. This the oh, the currently released. The currently released suicide. Not, not, not the James Gunn. Not James Gunn yet. Um, so I mean, it, it's it had big shoes to fill. 
didn't fill them as much as we had hoped it would. Yeah. Um, we are getting Patty and Gal returning again for Wonder Woman 3. No word on who villains are. We simply know it's going to be a contemporary tale, which means it could be 90s, 2000s, 2010s, what have you. Hecatia, gimme, gimme, Hecatia. Um, We also do have, within the next two months, yeah, a little over two months, uh, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League being released on HBO Max. So that'll be your next big DC presentation. Uh, so we'll see uh, what's in store for the our favorite members of the DC universe and the holy trinity of DC. We hope you've enjoyed our rundown on Wonder Woman 84, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to rate. And mostly the Amy complaining. <laughs> Amy giving valid complaints throughout here. <laughs> Hey, Amy loves Diana, but not that much. <laughs> um, so, if you haven't watched it yet, sorry for spoiling it, but go watch it now after you've listened to us. Even though we told you to turn away, we told you to. And if you didn't pause, well, yeah. that's on you. Gave plenty of warnings. Gave you plenty of warning. Uh, and again, if you if you're not happy with that, there is still Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition, the first Wonder Woman. All those are still available on HBO Max as well as Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. I would, I would always recommend to anybody who is feeling the need to dive into the DCU to take a deep, deep spin through all of their animated content. Mm-hmm. It is wonderful, uh, brilliant. It outshines the... Uh, it, it. Some of them do have their flaws. I'm looking at you, Killing Joke. Uh, first 30 minutes of yeah. Killing Joke, that's Was it. it You're good. <sighs> no, it wasn't needed, hence again. But everything else, if we're looking under the Red Hood, yes. if we're looking at Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. we're looking at Batman the Animated Series, we're looking at Justice, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice. War? Is we War can, the one? Justice League War? There's a couple. Yeah. Of, there's a couple. Yeah. Of, um, Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. Like, their animated stuff is fantastic. They have been tripping over themselves with the live action. I have hope still. I don't know why I do. But we've got so much great opportunities and things coming down the pipe from them, i.e. we've got a Black Adam sometime coming what? out. <laughs> yes, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. Again. I'm sorry, Super Anderson. So take the opportunity, the time, definitely to go through, look at their animated stuff. Give us, drop us a line on the in, the Insta Swams, the Twitterverse, <laughs> the Face. Oh, do we even do our Facebook anymore? I, I, I don't even know. Me, I, oh, I, you I'm do. there. You do. I'm doing it. I'm the social guy, okay? Uh, the, the Instagram ties to the we Facebook. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate. We appreciate. Thank you. It. I appreciate. We have. We got to use. We'll. We'll have a talk about uh, Facebook Business Suite after this and how we can best optimize our platform. Wow. She's. Wow. She just supervisored me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. They don't call me Oracle for I nothing. I just know how to push. <laughs> I know how to push the buttons, and it says share, and I share it, and I put the pretty picture up on the Facebooks. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since we plugged HBO Max and the DC universe, we've reached the end. Uh thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening to the Campus Crusaders on this episode 157, Wonder Woman 84. I filling in for our fearless leader, the doctor, DR Barry, who is off again with the green somewhere. I am the Azorian one Anthony Steves. Thank you for tuning in and Along with me is. Just shake, <laughs> not shaking her head aggressively, still having much love for the Amazonians and all their uh, wonder and glory. This is Amy. 
and occasionally shaking his head, sighing, ready for, for some naps. Yes, this is Super Manderson. Thank you for joining us. This e- Well, it's evening for us. Whenever you're listening to this, if you're driving, watch out for that car. Huh. <laughs> it's at the end of the episode where I realize where I say my name and then point my hand at the camera where I realize they don't know who I'm pointing at. What am I doing? They don't know <laughs> exactly. who I'm pointing at. That's why it's the end of the show. For the Capeless Crusaders, everyone, good night. Good night.